0: Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. But we're going to continue today talking about the favor, the favor of God. And that we cannot get where God wants us to go apart from his favor. Now, to this point, here's what we've discovered about favor. The favor of God, that is. The favor of God is God doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. It's God opening doors that, that you and I could have never opened. It's God bringing promotion on our jobs. Even though we were not the next in line for a promotion, the favor of God bumped us ahead of some others. We talked about how that the favor of God is the tangible evidence of God's presence in our lives. But I want to add something too. just bring another dimension of God's favor today. Because here's what I believe God's favor is. I believe that the favor of God is the endorsement of God. It's God's stamp. It's God's seal of approval on your life. How many of y'all remember back when Oprah used to have her book club and people would fight to get her to endorse one of their books. And after she would endorse one of their books, a book that maybe up until that time had sold about four or 500 copies. Once she endorsed it, once she put her seal of approval on it, there's always that little circle on those books that says Oprah's Book Club. And once she endorsed your book, a book that had only sold about 500 copies up until that time now sells millions of copies because of her influence and her endorsement on that author. Well, I believe that's what the favor of God is. I believe that the favor of God is God's endorsement of you. It's God's seal and God's stamp of approval on your life. And so what I want to do this morning and next Sunday, and and I hope that next Sunday I'll wind this series of favor up. Not that we're going to stop talking about favor, but we're going to move just to another dimension of favor in our lives. But over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about two men in the Bible that had the endorsement of God on their lives. Now, they were not the only two men in Scripture and not the only people in Scripture that had God's endorsement on their life. We've already discovered that Noah had the endorsement of God on his life because the Bible says Noah found favor in the eyes of God. We know that Moses had the endorsement of God on his life. Because the Bible tells us that he found God's favor. And then we've discovered also through our series on the book of Ruth that Ruth had the favor of God on her life. She had the endorsement of God on her life. And then last week we talked about Esther or two weeks ago we talked about Esther and Mordecai and how God endorsed them, how the favor of God was also upon their lives. But these men that I'm going to talk to you about over the next couple of weeks, and these are some incredible stories, and it's amazing to me. I don't just assume that everybody knows these stories and that everybody is familiar with these characters that we've been talking about. It, It was amazing to me when we did our study on the book of Ruth, how many people came to me and said, I've never read the book of Ruth. I've never studied the book of Ruth. I didn't know there was so much in the book of Ruth. And then I had several come to me a couple of weeks ago after we talked about Esther, the book of Esther. And and they were like, man, if I'd have known the Bible was that exciting, I would have been reading it a long time ago. The Bible's good stuff. But over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna talk to you, today we're gonna talk about a guy by the name of Joseph, Old Testament Joseph, not Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. But Joseph, the Old Testament. And then next week, I'm gonna talk to you about a guy in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel. Daniel. And we're going to see what happens in your life once the endorsement of God has come upon you. So this morning, let's talk about Joseph. Now there's a a passage of scripture here in Psalm 84 and 11. And if you haven't written this scripture down or highlighted it in your Bible, you need to do that this morning. But the psalmist says that the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Let us never forget that favor comes from God. Now, it may be expressed through other people. You may have favor from other people, but the reason that you have the favor of other people is because God has favored you. God is the one who bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. So that scripture tells us, first of all, where favor comes from, that favor comes from God. And then secondly, it tells us how we receive the favor of God. And we've said this over and over again, favor like grace, it is undeserved. None of us deserve the favor of God, just like none of us deserve the grace of God. But even though we cannot, and even though we don't deserve it, we can position ourselves By living a blameless life, that that, that doesn't mean that you live a perfect life because none of us are perfect. It means that you live a life, it's, it's more about your heart. I mean, we know David did not live a blameless life, but he had a heart after God. And because of that, God blessed David with his favor. So we know that favor comes from God and the way we position ourselves to receive favor from God is to walk righteously, to do what is right, to be obedient to the commands of God. And I'm going to go back and say this again, the key to receiving anything that God has for us in scripture, the key to accessing any blessing that he has for us is obedience. So let's talk about Joseph today. And I know that that many of you here this morning, you've heard about Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, Joseph and Benjamin, his brother, they were the two sons of Jacob and Rachel. Now, I know that Joseph had, or Jacob had other sons through Leah and Billah and Zilpah. He had had other sons through them, but he had two sons with Rachel, the woman that, that he loved more than any of the others. And the two sons that he had with Rachel was Joseph and Benjamin. And when you go to Genesis chapter 37, and this is where the story of Joseph begins, in Genesis 37, then we skip a chapter in 38, and then we pick back up the story of Joseph in Genesis 39, and it continues through Genesis chapter 51. But it tells us in Genesis 37 that Joseph had the favor of his father because he was born to him in his old age. So he was loved by Jacob more than any of the other sons. And there was tangible evidence of his father's favor on his life. And that tangible evidence was a coat that his father had made for him, a coat of many colors. And every time he would wear that coat, it would remind his brothers that he has the favor of our father. That he's our father's favorite. That our father loves him more than he loves us and that caused them to hate their brother joseph well joseph was also a little bit of a tattletale every time his brothers would do something wrong he would go run into his father and tell them what his brothers had done not only that but genesis 37 tells us that joseph had a couple of dreams that didn't set well with his brothers The first dream that he had, in this dream, he saw 12 sheaves. And he told his brothers, he said, In this dream that I have, one of those sheaves rose, and the other 11 bowed down to the one that rose. And his brothers knew what he was saying. And they said, You mean to tell us? You're trying to tell us that you're going to rule over us? But that's not the only dream he had. He had another dream. And in this dream, he said that the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed down before me now he's bringing mom and daddy in on it mom and daddy being the sun and the moon the 11 stars being his 11 brothers and again they they were saying you're telling us that you're going to rule over us that we're at some point going to bow down and serve you well they hated him even the more because of his dreams now probably wasn't the wisest thing for joseph to share those dreams with his brothers but nonetheless he did Well, on a particular day, Joseph's dad calls him in and he says, I want you to go down to where your brothers are tending sheep. he said, I want you to check in on them and then I want you to bring me back a report about what they're up to. So Joseph leaves and he goes down trying to find his brothers. and, And when his brothers spot him in the distance, here's what they said. Here comes that dreamer. And then it says that they began to plot to kill Joseph. Now, that doesn't sound like somebody who has the favor of God on their life, does it? But let me just tell you something about God's favor. God's favor doesn't mean that there will not be adversity in your life. It doesn't mean that there will not be resistance. It doesn't mean that there will not be opposition in your life. But what will get you through the adversity and the opposition and the resistance is the favor of God on your life. And so they see him coming in the distance. They said, here comes that dreamer. And they begin to plot to kill him. And so what they did is they took Joseph, their brother, who's probably about 16 or 17 years old at the time, and they throw him in an empty well, a cistern that had no water in it. But then all of a sudden they look up and they see a Midianite band of merchants coming, some Ishmaelites And they said, why would we leave him here in this system? We're not going to get anything out of that. Let's get him out. Let's sell him. And at least we'll get a little money for him. And so they sold him to those Midianite traders for 20 pieces of silver. And then Joseph is bound up and he's taken from Canaan everything he's ever known, the home that he grew up in, the family that he was surrounded by, He's taken away from all of that into Egypt. Now that's a very important point, especially as it leads up to what we're going to talk about next week. Because Egypt here is a picture, it is a type of the world of paganism, of people apart from and separated from God. So he's taken out of his Christian home and he is against his will taken into Egypt. And we pick up the story here in Genesis 39 and 1. Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. So Potiphar, an officer in Pharaoh's house, buys Joseph from the Midianite merchants. And it says in verse 2, get this, I love this, that the Lord was with Joseph. And he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Now listen to me. God can cause you to prosper and be successful even in a dark place. Even in a place that maybe you're not comfortable in. Even in a place that's different than anything that you ever grew up in. God can still cause you to prosper and be successful. And notice what happens in verse 3. His master saw that the Lord was with him. Why? Because favor is a tangible evidence of the presence of God. He doesn't recognize the favor of God because he has the coat of many colors on because he doesn't have that coat anymore. But he just sees the wisdom. He he sees how this man conducts himself. He sees how God's hand has been upon his life, his master does. And he saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Oh, we're beginning to see a little bit about the power of the favor of God. Verse 4, it says, So Joseph found favor in his sight, the sight of Potiphar, and attended him. And look at what Potiphar did. Potiphar made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. Now notice. Here he is one minute at his father's house wearing his coat of many colors. The next minute he's been sold as a slave. He's been thrown in a pit, then he's been sold as a slave. Now he comes into Potiphar's house, but God has such favor on his life that Potiphar notices that that favor on his life and puts him in charge of his entire house. And then verse five says that from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Listen God doesn't just put favor on your life to bless you but when the favor of God is on your life the people that you're connected to are going to be blessed. Amen. God is going to cause the people that you're connected to to prosper and God is going to cause the people that you're connected to to be successful. Notice that Potiphar was prospering and successful, not because of who he was, but because a man who had the favor of God on his life was in his house. It's important. The Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It's important the kind of relationships that you and I have with other people. I want to hang out with people that have the favor of God on their life. How about you? Amen. Well, Unfortunately, Potiphar's wife also favored Joseph. When he walked into the house, she was like, hmm, hmm, that boy's fine. He was handsome, he was well-built, and she was like, if it's the last thing that happens, I'm going to get that boy in bed with me. And she did everything that she possibly could to get him to compromise his integrity. But what did the psalmist say? He says that, that God does not withhold anything good from those whose walk is blameless. And so over and over and over again, he said no to the temptation. Then one day he walks into the house and she really puts the pressure on him And he looks at her and he says, how can I betray my master in such a way? He has put me in charge of his whole house. So I'm not going to betray him. I'm not going to dishonor him by taking what doesn't belong to me. Boy, she got angry. She got mad. He turns, the Bible says flee the very appearance of evil. He turns to run. And when he turns to run, she reaches out and grabs his cloak. His cloak comes off. She uses that as so-called evidence to falsely accuse Joseph and to tell the servants of the house that Joseph had just been here and tried to rape me. And of course, Potiphar, her husband, believed her. And now Joseph ends up where? He ends up. In prison well he's gone from the pit to the palace for a little while but now he's in prison well the Bible tells us that when he was in the palace that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him favor well is the favor of God still on you even when you end up in prison for being falsely accused yes Because look at what the scripture says in verse 20 and 21. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Somebody needs to know this morning that just because you've hit a little spell of adversity and just because you're in a little season of opposition and resistance doesn't mean that God has forsaken or has abandoned you. And as we're going to find out here in just a moment, God's going to take all of this and use it for your good. And it says that the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the warden. Even in prison he has the favor of God on his life and it says that the warden just like Potiphar did that the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. You see God didn't just noticed that he was a man of integrity. God didn't just notice that he was a man of character. It wasn't just God that noticed that his walk was blameless, but even the prison warden knew something is different about this boy right here that he can be trusted with anything. Well, here he is in prison. Not long after he's put into prison, a couple of guys from Pharaoh's house is put into prison. The Bible just identifies them as the cupbearer and the baker to the king. And when the cupbearer and the baker to the king are in prison, they have dreams. Now as we're going to find out today and next week, it pays to know how to interpret a dream. Because Joseph was a interpreter of dreams. Daniel was an interpreter of dreams. And so the cupbearer and the baker they have dreams and we're going to just kind of paraphrase this but they come or they're talking about their dreams in prison and and Joseph overhears them and 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 Joseph says tell me about your dreams and they tell him about their dreams and Joseph is able to interpret their dreams and to make a long story short he just basically says to the cupbearer you're going to be restored back to your position in Pharaoh's house now we're not talking about Potiphar anymore now we're talking about the head honcho Pharaoh He said, you're going to be restored to your position. But to the baker, he said, you're going to be hanged. Don't you know the baker was sitting there after hearing the cupbearer's interpretation thinking, well, hey, this is not going to be so bad after all. But then he found out that his life was going to come to an end. But when Joseph interpreted the dream of the cupbearer, he said to the cupbearer, he said, when all of this happens the way that that I've said it's going to happen, put in a good word for me to Pharaoh. When you've been restored back to your position, put in a good word for me. Don't forget me, but when you get down to the end of chapter 39, it says that the cupbearer forgot Joseph and didn't remember him. Now, up until this time, Joseph has been in jail. He's been in prison for a year. But then listen to what the next scripture says as we go into chapter 40. Pharaoh said, or when we go into chapter 40, verse 1, I don't have the scripture, you can look it up later. But in Genesis chapter 40, verse 1, it says, Two years passed, and then Pharaoh had a dream. So that makes three years that he's been in prison. Ten years he was a slave in Potiphar's house. So it's now been 13 years since he was taken away. He was about 17 years old, so now he's about 30 years old. And the last three years of his life, he's spent in prison. But Pharaoh has a dream, and it troubles him. And he's talking about it, and all of a sudden, the cupbearer overhears him. And he says, oh, Pharaoh, I've just remembered that when I was in prison, I had a dream. Me and the baker, we had a dream and there was a guy down there who interpreted our dreams and everything happened exactly the way that he said it was going to happen. And so then Pharaoh calls for Joseph. Hmm. I'm telling you what, I just, I just sensed something in my spirit. That somebody in this room here today is about to get a call from somebody of influence that's going to change your life. Man, I'm telling you, I really sense that in my spirit right now, that you're about to get called before somebody of great influence. And God says, now you need to begin to prepare your heart. And now you need to begin to seek my face about what you're to say and about what you're to do when you're given that opportunity. I hear the Lord saying this morning to somebody, don't miss your appointment with my favor. And that appointment may not look, and, and, and pardon me for getting a little sidetracked here for just a moment, that appointment may not look exactly like what you think it was going to look like. Because when David has his appointment with with, with with the favor of God, he stood before a giant by the name of Goliath. Up until that time, nobody knew who David was. He was just a shepherd boy on the backside of a desert somewhere tending his father's sheep. But after he stepped forward for his divine appointment with favor and faced the adversity and faced face the opposition and face the resistance of Goliath. Then after that, the Bible says that the women sang and said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And it was almost like overnight, David went from a nobody to the king over all of the nation of Israel. Somebody, something's about to change for somebody in this room here today. But don't miss your appointment. Don't miss your appointment with favor. It may not look, that appointment may not look like what you thought it was going to look like. It may look like a Goliath. But Pharaoh calls for Joseph, tells him his dream, and Joseph is able to interpret the dream and basically says what your dream means is that there's going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine and that you're to take the seven years of plenty to provide for the seven years of famine so that the people will have food to eat and needs met during a season of famine. And the scripture says in Genesis 41:38, then Pharaoh looked around at the men in his palace and said, can we find anyone like this man? Whom, one in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, not Potiphar anymore, Pharaoh, the head honcho over all of Egypt, says to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you in other words Joseph you're now the second most powerful man in all of Egypt and Pharaoh it says said to Joseph I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt then Pharaoh this sounds a whole lot like what happened last week or two weeks ago with Esther and Mordecai and what the king did with Mordecai but it says that Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger that ring that basically handing over to him said here you now have the authority To make all my decisions for me. Because that signet ring is my signature. You can do business with my name. You can make decisions with my name. And he gave him his signet ring, put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around your neck. Somebody said, when the favor of God's on your life, you got some bling. (laughs) Got some bling. You see it everywhere in scripture. I'm not kidding. Bling. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Listen, in a matter of just a couple of hours, 13. Years, 10 as a slave in Potiphar's house, three years as a prisoner in jail. But in a matter of a couple of hours, he is summoned by Pharaoh and his life will never be the same again. He goes from the pit to the palace, from prison back to the palace, and he is now second in command over all of the nation of Israel. But the only way that Joseph could have got from where he was to where he ended up is because. The favor of God was on his life. That's the power of favor. But, 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 but look at a couple of more scriptures. Genesis 41, 51, because a few verses down, we read that after all of this, Joseph has a couple of kids. And team, you can go ahead and come. But Joseph has a couple of kids. And when you go back and you study the sons of Jacob... They are the 12 tribes of Israel. But you don't find the tribe of Joseph, even though he was one of the sons of Jacob. But what you find is a man who had so much favor on his life that God said, I'm not going to give you one, I'm going to give you two tribes. Two tribes that's going to come from your loins, two tribes that's going to come from your name. And he tells us who those two sons are. It says that Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. You see, when you make your appointment with the favor of God and the favor of God comes upon your life, now for a lot of people, you're gonna look like an overnight success. It's going to look like an overnight sensation because they didn't know you yesterday, but they know you today. They had never heard about you yesterday, but now everybody is talking about you. But what they don't know are those 10 years in Potiphar's house and those three years in prison and that time you spent in a pit and your brothers rejecting you. They don't know about all of that. All they know is they didn't know you yesterday. But when the favor of God comes upon your life, watch out, things will begin to accelerate. Things will begin to turn around quickly. And here's what Joseph said. He said that the favor and the blessing of God on my life right now is so good that he's helped me forget all the bad I had to go through to get here. And then notice what he says. He said, I had another son and I named him Ephraim. And he said, it is because God has made me fruitful in my land of suffering. Now, let me say this before I say anything else. Before you can be fruitful, you got to forget some things. Now, when he said that The Lord has helped me to forget. That doesn't mean that he forgot his brothers. It doesn't mean he forgot his father. It doesn't mean that he didn't have anything to do with them. I think really what he was saying is God's helped me to forgive them. To forgive them. To not let them and what they tried to do to me keep me from what God has purposed for my life. And he said, the Lord has helped me to put all of that in the past. And then he has made me fruitful because you can't be fruitful as long as you still have unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and resentment eating at you. You may be fruitful, but with evil fruit not good fruit. But now I want you to notice here, this is important, what the favor of God will do. The favor of God will cause you to be fruitful even in your time of suffering. Did anybody just hear what I just said? Even in that dark place, here he is in Egypt, even in that dark place, even in that environment, that was void and absent of the presence of God, even in that place where he was taken away from his family, from everything that he knew, even in that place of his suffering, he said, God made me fruitful. And some of you need to know this morning, stop waiting for your circumstances to change. And know that God can make you fruitful, even in the midst of, of your circumstances no matter how much how painful it may be no, no matter how adverse no matter how resistant it may be know that even in that season God can make you fruitful right where you are he doesn't have to move you somewhere else to bless you he doesn't have to promote you somewhere else to bless you no Right where you are this morning and I don't know where what season some of you are in here today but I do know this. I know that right where you are if you will honor God and even if it's hard you keep doing the right thing just like Joseph did. You keep making the right choices. You keep making the right decisions. You want to question God and God why have you allowed this in my life and God why did you allow me to be brought to this place. But God is saying I'm trying to teach you that I'm with you even in the difficult times and that your times don't have to change and your seasons don't have to change in order for you to be fruitful and experience my favor as a matter of fact it's my favor that's going to get you out of that season to the next season of your life oh somebody stand up in this room and give God a good praise hallelujah hallelujah it's called the favor of God it's called the favor of God Well, we, we, we pretty much know the story that eventually Joseph is reunited with his brothers. His father, Jacob, dies. And his brothers think, oh no, now that daddy's dead, Joseph, Joseph's probably gonna kill all of us now that daddy's gone. But listen to what Joseph said to his brothers. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So, Joseph, my favor is not on you to save you and you alone my favor is on you because I've got a greater purpose than you. Through you, I'm going to use you for my glory, for my honor, so that my purpose, my purpose of saving many lives can be fulfilled. And when that season of famine came because of God's favor, on Joseph's life and the wisdom that God gave him to interpret those dreams, the lives of many people were saved. Listen, the favor of God is on your life, not just to get you where you need to go, but so you can help others get where they need to go. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation today, release your favor. Release your blessing upon each and every one in this room here right now, Lord. God, only you know what season each and every individual in this room is in here today and some are waiting for their circumstances to change before they even think they could fulfill your call on their life. But God, you're saying this morning that even in the midst of whatever season you're in, I'm with you. And I will cause you to prosper and to be successful. Not just in this season, but in every season of your life. So Father, in the name of Jesus, release your favor. As we walk in integrity, as we walk in obedience doing what you've called us to do being who you've called us to be going where you've called us to go as we're obedient Lord release your favor because we can't get to where we're going without it We can't do what you've called us to do without your favor. We can't be who you've called us to be without your favor, Lord. So God, release your favor. And Father, I just believe in the name of Jesus that there's at least one person here this morning, maybe more, that you're about to put them before somebody of great influence. I don't know who it is, but Holy Spirit, you do. I believe, God, that a king, that a leader, that a person of influence is about to summon somebody in this building. And they're gonna come and they're gonna stand before them. It's their appointment with your favor. God, just as Joseph prayed and just as Daniel prayed, give them wisdom. Give them instruction give them direction to know what to say and what not to say because their life is about to change. And what's going to look like an overnight story, an overnight success, we know it isn't because we know there was time spent among folks that rejected them. But there was time spent in Potiphar's house being falsely accused time spent in a pit and in a prison that's brought them to this moment but through it all they've been faithful and through it all they've continued to honor you and through it all they've continued to give you glory and through it all they've continued to make the right decisions and the right choices and now now your favor your endorsement is about to come upon them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest One Sunday here at Summerton Church of God, I look forward to personally meeting you.